fascia really is a fascinating subject. And our understanding of its function and importance is really only in its infancy on the grander scheme of things. So if you go to look for fascia in your anatomy text, you might be surprised to notice that it's mostly missing from a lot of the older literature, which essentially means we were stripping away a really essential piece of the puzzle when it comes to understanding movement and how we balance our relationship with gravity, how we move um, against the force of it and, and within it uh, with relative ease. Welcome to the practice of health with me, Charlie Tunmore. The purpose of this bite-sized podcast is to empower you to take ownership of your own health. I'm a qualified health coach. I manage two yoga studios in London and I'm a jiu-jitsu purple belt. In each episode, I explore an area of holistic health with a guest. Nutrition, movement, sleep, stress, and much more. And we share tools and principles that you can implement in your life today. After all, health is a practice, not an idea. Welcome everyone. This month, I'm really excited because I am starting a nutrition qualification with Precision Nutrition. So I will definitely be sharing some of the things I will be learning on the course. This is episode 32, Fascia, Self-Massage and a Way to Live Well with Anna Maria Keneally. Anna Maria is a clinical massage therapist and yoga teacher. She specializes in the treatment and management of chronic pain conditions and supports people who are attending therapy through yoga-based emotional regulation and embodiment practices. She loves sharing knowledge and inspiring curiosity around body, mind, spirit practices as a way to support people on their journey towards healing and wholeness. She is also the host of the A Way to Live Well podcast, where she interviews well-being experts and finds out what it means to them to live well. I first met Anna Maria because she teaches at the yoga studio I help manage, and you can find out more about what she does and her work through her website, which is awaytolivewell.com, and her Instagram is at awaytolivewell, and a podcast is the same, A Way to Live Well, on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. I had the pleasure to go on Anna Maria's podcast about a year ago. We talked about all things health coaching, gut health, nutrition. So three reasons to listen to this episode today. One, find out what fascia is and how to have healthy fascia. Two, learn ways to effectively care for your body through self-massage. And three, discover various recovery practices that you can test out to enhance your quality of movement. And as always, please check out the show notes for more info of what Anna Maria and I talked about today. Fascia really is a fascinating subject. And our understanding of its function and importance is really only in its infancy on the grander scheme of things. So if you go to look for fascia in your anatomy text, you might be surprised to notice that it's mostly missing from a lot of the older literature, 
That's because when dissections were happening in the old days, the fuzzy, messy tissue surrounding and connecting other structures was mostly removed, as it was a bit of an inconvenience when trying to catalogue the shapes of what was then seen to be the only parts that really mattered for anatomical drawings and research, the muscles, bones, skin, nerves, etc. Which essentially means we were stripping away a really essential piece of the puzzle when it comes to understanding movement and how we balance our relationship with gravity, how we move um, against the force of it and and within it uh, with relative ease. And this as a movement practitioner, yoga teacher and body worker is really key to what sparked my curiosity in this fantastic part of our anatomy. When I started to shift my own perspective in this way, away from the body being this kind of mechanical thing that we can stack in really perfect ways in order to achieve optimal strength or positioning of the body and towards one of more being in this kind of dance or relationship with gravity of finding a kind of buoyancy in the body of uh, what Joanne Avison in her, her book on myofascia and yoga describes as our parts of us or the members uh, as being kind of floating in this sea of continuous tension there's this kind of opening up for us uh, as uh, movement practitioners that uh, enables there to be a a bit more uh, freedom more play more more curiosity in in how we move and what we are tapping into and achieving through our intention behind those movements And this is a really important aspect of the work that I do as a chronic pain specialist and also in my work with uh, groups who are using yoga as a supplement or as a support for their therapeutic journeys as it plays a really important role not only in physical trauma release but also emotional trauma release. So you might be asking at this point, well, what is fascia? And if you really start to look at it, uh, the question might more accurately be, well, what isn't fascia? It literally joins every part of us together. You can think about fascia as essentially being the fabric of our form. It can be found between the cells and it forms part of the outermost layer of our skin. It can be so thin that it's imperceptible to the human eye and part of it can be so thick that it forms named structures in the body for example there's a bit of a mouthful the part of our anatomy known as the thoracolumbar aponeurosis which is located around the area roughly of your lumbar spine so the lower back area and one that is more commonly known and sorry if you've ever experienced this as it is quite a painful condition is plantar fascia so the associated pain condition or pathology is plantar fasciitis which is essentially an inflammation to the fascia on the sole of your foot. So fascial is essentially connective tissue. Um, It is a very special type of connective tissue and not all connective tissue is fascia but all fascia is connective tissue. So when fascia is normal and hydrated and healthy it moves easily and without restriction. It's made up of collagen which is strong elastin which is flexible or stretchy and a type of viscous glue known as ground substance and fascia is very densely woven covering and interpenetrating every muscle bone nerve artery and vein as well as all of your internal organs including your heart your lungs brain and spinal cord so like i said when it's healthy it glides and slides easily 
And it's incredibly important for supporting and holding the body structures. So when we experience physical trauma, emotional trauma, scarring or inflammation, the fascia can lose its pliability, essentially losing that slide and glide component. It can become tight and restricted and a source of tension for the rest of the body. So if you think about if there is a snag in one place, that effect can be initially very small, but if not attended to as the body starts to compensate and shift and adjust itself as it will, because the body is intelligent like that, and it can potentially become more problematic going forward. The cool thing is, as you develop your awareness and understanding around fascia, you can really start to move with more intention and really bring that into your movement practices so that you help to keep your fascia healthy and moving happily. There are several different schools of thought when it comes to treating or working with myofascia. A couple of these are pioneered by some incredible women in history, including including Ida Rolf, who is a the inventor or creator of Rolfing and Janet Travell, who extensively looked at trigger point pain patterns and myofascial release. And there are hundreds of people and hundreds of schools around the world who work with fascia and the release of it. Um, But all of these have one basic thing in common, and that is working with the fascia. You work with it in a very slow way, uh, almost a kind of melting effect. So the idea is that if you go at it hard and fast, it will kind of have that uh, sort of resistance effect. But if you allow there to be time and uh, kind of consistent and gentle pressure, there's a kind of melting and a release of those adhesions. Of course, any movement practice you do or body practitioner you see from yoga to uh, osteopaths to jujitsu to massage therapists will all be having an effect on the muscle fascia. If you want to work with the fascia and fascial stretching in a more intentional way, uh, one of the practices I like to incorporate in my fascial releasing classes is to use the practice of yin yoga. Yin incorporates a lot of longer holes, which uh, really lends itself to the release of connective tissue of fascia. So for typical muscle release, it's between 20 and 30 seconds to get a release. But when working with the fascia, you have to hold for at least 90 to 120 seconds to begin that release process. Holding a single stretch for anywhere between two to five minutes will allow additional fascial release to occur throughout the body. There's also a really nice process of really being with the breath and letting your intention melt away the adhesions in or tension in the target area. A couple of things to remember when stretching your fascia is to take it slowly. Don't try to take it to the limit straight away. Instead, pay attention to what is happening in your stretch. Wait. When you reach that kind of point of resistance or a sense of a barrier, remember to deepen your breath. Imagine the gentle internal pressure of the stretch elongating the tissue and melting the fascia until it releases. You may notice different sensations as the tissue releases. This can include localized tension, pulling, softening, kind of a a ripping-like Velcro sensation, warmth, tingling, pulsing, gentle twitching. These are all fascial restrictions releasing. 
And as you get to the end of each fascial stretch, just to remember to come out of it gently and gradually, and then spend a few moments resting, or what we call in yin as the, the rebound, so the tissue literally sort of bouncing back. Um, and you could also take a light jiggle or a little a wiggle to shake it off if that feels good as well. In my own practice as well, I'll quite often use different balls, myofascial balls, as well as tennis balls to release uh, trigger points. These are kind of pinpointed areas of tension and that has a, a global effect release on the rest of the tissue of that area. And a uh, practice I want to share with you here today, just something very, very simple, is just a, a spinal release. So I'll ask you to come up to standing if you are in a place that you can do that. And just stand up nice and tall. You might have a soft bend through the knees. Feel a sense of the support of the ground and the four corners of your feet touching down. There's a slight lift and lengthen through the crown of the head, relaxed arms, and then tuck the chin in and slowly start to drop the head. Feel that little barrier stretch at the base of the neck. And continue to roll down. You could Bend the knees a little bit more as you do so, as you kind of roll yourself forward into a kind of a, almost like a rag doll forward fold all the way down until your hands come to wherever they come to. Remember, not going too quickly or pushing or forcing, just feeling into the stretch sensation, that felt sensation in your body as you move through it. And then once you reach wherever the end point is for you, just slowly releasing, coming all the way back up to the top and taking a moment there and just feeling the sensations, almost maybe like a rush or flow of energy through your back body, just observing, feeling and noticing. We all get injured now and again. So it's important to listen to your body, know when to take a break, have awareness and reduce the intensity of your movement practice. It's important to seek professional help, whether that's an osteopath, a clinical massage therapist or a doctor, so you can plan what to do and start to understand the injury. From my experience, when I've had an injury from jiu-jitsu, I've used a number of practices and tools to help the recovery process whether it's using a massage ball uh, to help release some tension or a foam roller or even getting massage, these things definitely, definitely help. Um, I would highly recommend having a look at Kelly Starrett's work. That's S-T-A-R-R-E-T-T. He's got a really, really good YouTube channel called The Ready State. Um, Kelly's a doctor of physical therapy. He's an author, speaker. The other question to think about is, are you overtraining or are you under-recovering? Depending on what movements you do, how long does it take your body to recover? Another point that I have talked about in episode 30 is moving more throughout the day and not just spending your typical 9 to 5 office hours sat in a chair because this is going to make you tight and stiff. Using hot and cold therapy is definitely something I do as well to help with recovery. Typically, this is having a hot bath with Epsom salts and then also having a cold shower or a cold bath. I think most people who know me 
know that one day I would love to have a sauna in my house, but at the moment I am sticking to hot bath and that works, works pretty good. And something that I've had to learn over time with injuries that I've had is patience because your body doesn't change overnight and whatever you do will take time for your body to heal. If you do have some sort of injury or you're just feeling very tight in your body, movement and looking at self-massage is very, very important, but also thinking about sleep, food and stress because as we know, the body is a holistic system. So sleep, are you getting quality sleep? How do you feel in the morning? And if not, if you don't feel like you're getting great sleep, what does the last 30 minutes, 60 minutes of your day look like? Are you taking time to relax? How is your sleep sanctuary? Is there no light, no sound, a cool temperature? Food, of course, helps to give you a strong immune system, good energy levels and regulates your hormones. So if we can have a wide range of whole, minimally processed food, lots of veg, fruit, good quality protein, clean water, then you're going to have lots and lots of nutrients, vitamins and minerals to help heal your body. Make sure to have lots of herbs and spices like turmeric and ginger to help with inflammation. If you do a lot of sport, think about are you consuming enough foods? Some people I know maybe exercise too much and don't eat enough to supplement that movement lifestyle, especially if they're maybe trying out a more low carb approach. And lastly, stress. If we're not thinking about how to relax at certain parts of the day, how to get into our parasympathetic nervous system, thinking about what is causing our stress, especially if we're injured, we need to have at least one point during the day where we're not rushing around, where we're taking the time to relax with friends or family or some time by yourself. With everything that I've mentioned, it's important to do the basics consistently. Start small, five to 10 minutes a day. Really think about what you're doing to look after yourself. I know everyone's busy, but we need to make time for ourselves. My health practices for you for this episode are get a tennis ball or a lacrosse ball or a golf ball or a massage ball and pretty much what do you have in the house already and start to explore your body. Where is tight? Where are you restrictive? And really start to do some self-massage. And as I mentioned earlier, check out the Ready State YouTube channel for some great videos on how to mobilize self for different parts of your body. Sleep, food, stress. Choose one area to focus on and put into action one habit change that can improve that area. Thank you so much for listening. As a qualified health coach, I can help you achieve your goals in nutrition, sleep, movement and stress. You can contact me at charlietunmore at gmail.com. That's T-U-N-M-O-R-E. I am not a doctor, so please do not substitute this information for medical advice. If you found this episode useful and want to support the podcast, please share it, 
give it a five-star rating and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. This really helps the practice of health empower more people to take ownership of their own health.